Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to BMB Anime. It is Boxing Day. All right. So, who are we fighting? Um, I don't know. Uh, the elves, or maybe the reindeer for like scuffing up all of the the roof tiles. Or you know what? You're right. My shingles they they have been they have had their issues. Yeah. Yeah. Can we you just file an insurance claim. Can you file an insurance claim if Santa fucks up your roof? Is that is that covered under insurance? I should think so. I hope so. I mean, one would hope, but hmm. it, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, no, I'm not entirely sure either. Hmm. Interesting. 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 So yeah. well, did did you have a good holiday? Did you have a good Christmas? Did you get any gifts? Did Bean get any gifts? Bean and I did get gifts. We did have a, a pretty good holiday, I think so, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um we tend to keep it pretty small. We're just a family of four, so it's not not a big uh, celebration on our end, but we had, um, I got a pair of boots, which is always nice. Fancy. I do like, mm, I do like boots. I also got a new book, which I'm excited to dive into properly. I had a quick look at the back. I haven't had uh, a proper look at it yet, but it seemed to be set in 1940s London and is about uh, some guy who is related to a pub, if I can remember correctly, which seemed... My voice, what just happened there? Okay. Goodbye, voice. I don't need you today, apparently. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Who, who no. needs a voice? Right. And uh, and so that seemed really interesting. So I was excited to... I'm excited to have a proper look at that. Um, Tilly got uh, a proper bone rather than just like rawhide, mm-hmm. which she was excited about. And she also got... Um, a stuffed snowman and Cedar got a, a stuffed Father Christmas. Um, and both of them have survived. I posted it on Tilly's Instagram, a picture of her with the with the snowman with the caption, how long do you think this is going to last? It has lasted. So surprise there. But for how much longer? How much longer? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It might be one of those ones that just strangely sticks around. We have this um, silicon ghost that we got probably about four years ago at Halloween. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's perfectly intact. It's just one of those ones that she's decided not to destroy. But all other versions of that toy have been completely disintegrated. But that ghost, <laughs> he stays. <laughs> I mean, I guess even dogs have favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, cool. so that was good. I got my mom. Oh, my phone buzzed. Goodbye, phone. <laughs> Get out of here. We, Get out of here. We got important stuff to do. Yeah. Um, my brother got some new stands for his computer to like raise the screens up so it's more ergonomic. Ooh, fancy. All right. Mm-hmm. Like it. My dad got a new GoPro because his the last one that he had like didn't even have a screen. That's how old of a GoPro it is. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, real old. Um, And he uses it when we go snowboarding and skiing or when we're in the van or whenever he's like hiking or with the dogs or whatever. He uses it all the time. But the big thing that he uses it for is when we go snowboarding or skiing, he watches the videos back so he can like tell us what we're doing wrong. So he'll like say like, oh, you know, you're not in a deep enough squat or, you know, things like I can't see about myself when I'm snowboarding. Mm hmm. Um, and he does it for himself as well. So quite often when we go out, um, either I will or he will wear the GoPro. And then um, and then we can critique ourselves and get better at, at snowboarding and skiing, which is something that has improved both of them for me since I started when I was like 11. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to uh, probably test out the GoPro and, and see how that goes. But he also, like, I mean, he has a Volkswagen van. Like he likes to just drive around in his van sometimes and record himself and, and the countryside. And I mean, they moved to Canada for the mountains, so... That's awesome. Yeah. And then my mom, I got her some linen designer trousers. How fancy. Because they were uh, heavily on sale. And I told my mom about this because me and my mom love to find good, like, bargains. Mm -hmm. So um, they were heavily on sale and there was one left. And they were in the size that are just slightly bigger than, like, one up from my mom. But they're elasticated in the waist. And my mom loves to sew. So I'm like, well, just unpick the seam and shorten the elastic and you're good to go. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and so she has some really nice, like all natural fabric linen trousers for the summer, which she was Look super excited that. about. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's our, our presents for the family. What did you get? I got some gift cards. I got some candy and cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, the girlfriend got me some stickers from mm-hmm. Hello Senpai because their shop, whenever they're actually open, is absolutely wonderful. And I love them. Cute. She also got me a blanket, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. I needed one because my blanket got broken. And <laughs> and she got me candle, 
which I still can't really use because COVID still has my sense of smell. No. I may get that back one day. I may not. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed all my gifts. Good. What did you do for food? Uh, Metric shit ton of food. (laughs) Bunch of turkey, bunch of ham, bunch of mac and cheese. Mm. You know, the usual Christmassy American things. Yeah, yeah. American Christmas is very different from British Christmas, which Mm -hmm. I find very interesting. British Christmas is typically like turkey and stuff like that specifically, whereas that's kind of like the American Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah. But because we don't have a Thanksgiving that is on Christmas, but because you do have a Thanksgiving, I guess you decided that you didn't want two of those meals really close to one another, like within memorable distance of each other. Mm -hmm. And so decided to like add stuff to Christmas, which is very interesting. Like I find it very fascinating that you guys have ham on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't actually have turkey this year because obviously both my mom and I are vegetarian. So mm-hmm. a, a turkey for two boys is a whole lot of meat. Yeah, that's a lot of turkey. Yeah. So they got a chicken instead. They had chicken, roast chicken. Oh, you see, I thought you might have went more Japanese and got like KFC. No, no, still roast. KFC has cornered the Japanese market with their advertising. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's something that I find fascinating. And it's one of those things where I'd love to kind of be in Japan around the festive season to Mm -hmm. see what it's like. Because obviously I'm not going to eat it. I'm vegetarian. But like, I'd like to be around with the culture and the advertisements and like, you know, you just turn on the TV and see what they have to say. Or like when you're scrolling on Instagram, how your ads change when you're on Instagram, just because you're, you know, your location's different. I would be curious. Let's do it. Let's just take a Christmas trip. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Good excuse. <laughs> I mean, hey, why not? The podcast, pay for it. I know right? you can't, but pay for it. <laughs> yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> But yeah, we had, my mom and I had a, a nut loaf mm-hmm. instead, and that was really nice. And lots of good uh, fats and proteins in, in nuts, so um, healthy for us. And then we had uh, like cabbage and Brussels and carrots and beans and uh, what else? Swede or rutabaga, I believe you guys call it. You weirdos. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. It's like a, a, a yellow root vegetable, kind of like a fat turnip talking about a squash no it's like a like a carrot but exploded so a squash i'll I'll see if i can google an image for you and send it to you because a squash is a different thing a squash is a gourd i believe and this is a root what the fuck's the difference uh a gourd is like a pumpkin no a pumpkin is big and round that is not a squash that's the type of the type of uh, uh vegetable it, it's like the the fam anyway uh, swede veg uh rutabaga yeah and it's like the purple and yellow one okay that. let's see here oh i don't even know what the fuck that is yeah it's a root um it's like a really big fat root and um you boil it in like little cubes you cut it up into little cubes and you boil it and then drain it and then mash it like you would potato add butter and salt and pepper oh it's so good I feel like I'd rather have a potato. But it's not It's not like potato. It doesn't taste like potato. It's like um, more watery. It's more like a carrot in the fact that it's naturally sweet. Mm-hmm. So then the butter to it just makes it creamy and sweet mush. <laughs> it's great. So like mashed sweet potato, which kind I still of, feel like would be better. But kind of, but different. I don't know. You have to try it because it it's different. It's more watery because it's more like a carrot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's... I, I can't believe you don't know it. Because, like, they're in Canada and they're in the UK. They call them rutabagas here in Canada and then Swedes in the UK. I don't know and- if it's just not local to the south or what the deal is, but I don't recall. Fuck off outside. I'm being important right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I have no clue. I don't know if they're just not in the south or what the deal is, because I don't recall having ever seen them. Well, keep your eye open, and if you find one, buy it, and I'll tell you how to cook it. Okay, sweet, sweet. I yeah. will keep my eye out for a thing that looks like a plum, but different. It's big. It's probably like the size of a softball, maybe a bit bigger. That's softball. fucking huge. Yeah, it's like, it's a big thing. Like we only used half of it yesterday. What for four the of us. hell? It's, a, it's like a, like it's a root. It's like a, a bulbous <laughs> big thing that sits in the ground and the plant sprouts out top of it and then it has tiny little tendrils on the bottom, you know? So it's like an onion, 
but not. Oh, in the in the way it's like a carrot. It's like a carrot but fat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much exactly like a carrot, but just like yeah, just tubby. It's a tubby carrot. It's a tubby carrot. <laughs> it is. It's really uh, good. I enjoy it. It's my brother's favorite vegetable. It's it's very good. And it's a proper huh. vegetable, whereas like a potato is more of a carb. This is like an actual vegetable. But they're all vegetables. Potatoes except the tomato, it's a fruit. Well, anything with seeds on the interior is a fruit. So uh, cucumbers are fruits. Bananas are berries. I don't We're really understand We're talking about how cucumbers here. Those are gross. You do, I love cucumbers. I can't have the skin, so they give me indigestion. You see, any kind of cucumber just gives me like extremely bad acid reflex, whether it be cucumber, pickle, whatever. So I avoid them like the plague. Yeah, it's the skins. Try eat the middle. Mm, no, it does. It doesn't work. Like really? I've completely peeled a cucumber. It doesn't work. Really? Because my mm-hmm. grandma and I have the had the same thing. My grandma passed, but um, my grandma always used to peel cucumbers, and I never used to get it when I was a kid. I was like, mm-hmm. you can just eat cucumbers as they are. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh no, I can't anymore. <laughs> I used to be able to when I was a child and invincible. Not anymore. Yeah, we are adults. We are no longer invincible anymore. Mm-hmm. Nope. But yeah, uh, Christmas was good. Had good Christmas. That good. That good. So, on the topic of things that may or may not be invincible, you know what's about to not be invincible? Or what, what is actually going to be invincible going what? forward? Our list of things that may or may not be the best and worst things that we have covered this year, <laughs> at least according to our own diversions. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to be discussing today. We haven't covered anything specific for this week. And next week we are doing um, rankings, basically. Yeah, this week we've got our... uh, How did we label that? It's not the... It's the year-end review where we cover our top 10 and bottom 10 things that we covered throughout the year. And it took us a while to figure this shit out. It did. Yeah, we were having um, some good discussion because a lot of the stuff that we we covered this year, um, there was a lot of times where it was sequels of stuff where we were doing one season and then the next season. And um, there was a lot of times when we were doing second seasons of stuff that we'd covered the first season last year. There was a lot of stuff where we covered like really like hyped up stuff. So it, most of the stuff that we covered this year are highly rated by the two of us and have done mm-hmm. very well in the world. So I think the hardest time we had was actually with the, the top worst list as opposed to the top best. Yeah, we had some that we knew were 100% going on the list, but then there were others where we're just like, shit. Mm-hmm. But also the top 10, trying to actually figure out what to place in what order was also a pain because our top five, we kind of knew. Yeah. But then figuring out five more just to kind of change up how we did last year in that three hour fiasco. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing top 10 and bottom 10. Um, I also will say that we are going from Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl, which is episode number 47, because although that technically was in 2020, it was in between. It was after the anime awards of last year. Wait, was that technically 2020? Yeah. I know we recorded it in 2020, but did it go Oh, okay. No, it released three days into 2021. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong day on on the spreadsheet. Yeah. So it was, that's the very first one that we're going from. So anything, if you're looking at our anime list or our episode list, that's the one that we're going from all the way down. Anything before that uh, was eligible to last year's awards and is ineligible for this year's awards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then anything like... from this point going forward is all going to be on next year's list. Exactly. And maybe after like five years of doing the podcast, hopefully we're still doing the podcast in five years, we will do um, a best and worst of the podcast so far. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It depends on what, how life is in five years. I don't know. We never predicted a pandemic, but here we are. Yeah. COVID yeah. brought this thing about, and then we're going to kind of go from there. Yes. So do you want to do the best or the worst list first? I feel like it's always best to get the disappointment out of the way first. Okay. Okay. Um, so disclaimer for the worst list. These are not necessarily bad animes. It's uh, one thing that we really, really, really took into account was how memorable they were um, for us. Because, of course, we watch a new anime every week. 
and review it and then kind of discard the information and watch a new anime and review it and then discard that information. So the ones that were the least memorable ended up getting on this list because we were going, did we watch that? What was that about? And that was one of the reasons as to why they ended up being on the list. So it's not necessarily that they're a bad anime. They may be your favorite anime. Uh, it could just be that we didn't remember what they were. Yeah, except for number 10. Number 10, we remember exactly what it is. We just figure it, you know, kind of deserved a place on the list. It's my favorite, but it's the worst. Yeah. So coming in at number 10, episode 69, because it had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Keijo. Uh, it's, it's Keijo. Yeah. And uh, like I said before, this is one of my favorite animes. It's dumb. It's stupid. It makes me laugh. It's stereotypical. It's cliche but also overly sexual and and just dumb it really was the plot the whole plot and nothing but the plot exactly but it's still one of my absolute favorite animes the reason why it makes the worst list is because it's got very little storyline and the storyline that it does have is shallow <laughs> it's it, i mean it went with an idea and it rolled with it and because of that i love it it's I mean, just dumb it's it's extremely memorable and it is brilliant for how stupid it is, mm -hmm. but it was a great time. It was a good watch, but because of a lot of the other stuff that we watched this year, it, it kind of takes number 10. Yeah. I think, uh, like I was saying before, because we covered mostly really, really, really good animes this year, it was really hard to pick things for the worst list. And so even if I enjoy something, it might not technically be the best. And that's the case here with Keijo. Yeah, it kind of it kind of felt weird making a best and worst this this year, mainly mm. just because the best were really the best and everything else just kind of sat below it in some semblance of order. But yeah. everything we covered was still very very decent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even only... even number 9 being Tony Kawa, it was one of my favorite rom-coms of the year hands down. Yeah. But it it still takes number 9 because compared to other things, it just it does not hit the mark. Yeah, and so I, I completely agree with that. I found this one pretty forgettable. It's one of those ones that I, rem I remember the name of it, and then I try and think more about it, and I just don't get it there. Like, I don't I don't have all the pieces to put it together. And it, I find it also blending in with another couple animes that we also covered this year that are in the list as well. Um, and yeah, I just I just see it kind of kind of merging together with other things. I didn't find it so distinct enough to where I can hear the name and know exactly which anime you're talking about. That OP is still a banger though. Yeah, yeah. And then number eight, I feel like is one thing that is, I think the main reason why it's on this list is because it was kind of out of context for both Brad and I. We don't have the history of growing up with it and we don't have the history of watching the previous movies, but we did cover this movie and that is the Sailor Moon movie that came out this year. We just... Yeah, we just didn't have the, the same kind of context as everybody else, so it, it didn't mean as much. See, I grew up watching Sailor Moon, but I grew up watching the original Sailor Moon. I mm. tried to get into Crystal, but Crystal, I feel like, just kind of took what Sailor Moon was and kind of washed it out. Mm -hmm. It just did not feel like Sailor Moon to me, so therefore I dropped it. And so I had no context going into this, considering the films were a direct continuation of where Crystal had left off. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Janessa, don't kill us, please. <laughs> we're sorry. We're sorry. I love Sailor Moon merch. I think it's so stinking cute, but yeah, I haven't, haven't watched much of Sailor Moon itself. And I love Sailor Moon, but this film just did not do it for me. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where if we have time, we'll have to go back and, and try and catch ourselves up and see how our opinions change. Eventually, one day, we'll be able to sit one down day. and cover longer series on the podcast to where we can do things like Sailor Moon throughout its entirety and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. And that takes us to number seven. Number seven is one that you think I would have been completely obsessed with. And I did really enjoy, but I found that it just didn't hold in comparison to a lot of the other animes that we watched. And that is Arte. You see, you enjoyed this one a lot more than I did. Yeah. Because I don't remember what I rated it, but kind of looking back on it, I want to say I give it like a five. Interesting. Because that's just how forgettable 
It is. I feel like it started off extremely strong with like the first episode or two, but then it's just kind of bleh. Yeah, I feel like the anime itself is kind of slow paced and it very quickly diverted from the core group of people who we were getting used to and sent our main character off into another group of people and then came back. And I feel like that kind of watered down the initial plot line. Normally, if you're going to have a main character go elsewhere and introduce new people, you would do that in a second season. Um, whereas they did that all in, I believe it was only one core as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a 12-episode so, core. Yeah, so they did all of that in a 12-episode core, and it meant that we never really got attached to any characters other than our main character, because just when we were getting attached and getting attached to the dynamics between Arte and uh, her, her senpai, her sensei, I don't know, her, the teacher person. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, just as we were getting attached to the two of them and their dynamic and really getting to enjoy them, she gets shipped off elsewhere. And then we only get to see him again at the end of the season. And it felt kind of um, watered down. I would have preferred in this anime's case, if they had just stayed and created that bond and strengthened that bond between the characters um, and between us and the characters, and then had her go elsewhere in a second season or a second core. Agreed completely. Yeah. Now, speaking of things that did end up getting a second season, we just haven't covered it yet. Coming in at number six, Kakigurui. Mm-hmm. Kakigurui's on here for uh, a couple of reasons, I think. Although both Brad and I have a very big attachment to this, um, it's just not able to hold up in comparison to other animes. No, definitely not. Some of the animation is incredibly brilliant, and the overarching storyline was kind of interesting, but it took a lot of detours, and it was very weird. But what saved it from being lower on this list is solely have to do with the live action. uh, For some reason, this anime has just completely tickled us pink, both the live action and the fact that the live action is so drastically different from the animated version. Obviously, we are ranking the animated version here, not the live action. But our opinions of the animated version has been swayed by the way that the live action was done because it's like the live action is a comedy. I wouldn't consider the animation a comedy. And so... Looking at a, such a serious anime through a slightly skewed comedic perspective has, I think, warped our opinions on it. Full disclosure, we are biased in this case. It's hilarious. We love it. What do you mean? This is our podcast. We're that's allowed true. to be biased here. Yeah, we make true. the rules. We set this shit up. This is our world. Yeah, um, and and Kakaguri gets uh, number six worst, but it's so it's so good. I do. I, it's one of those ones that I would recommend to people to watch if they're really into anime because it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah, well, once you've been in the anime community long enough, you kind of stumble across things like Kakaguri. Yeah, and then once you've been in the anime community even longer, you figure out about live action stuff. And then we just decided to watch the first few episodes of this. And I was I was completely swayed. I was like, you know, the anime itself is decent, but holy shit, the fucking live action just gives me a whole different perspective for the show. The live action is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever decided to take a series anime and turn it into a fourth wall breaking comedy. They're genius. They're a genius. And I really hope that they're not meant to be 100% serious with that live action. I just just want to dream with the fact that they were just given full leeway to do whatever the hell they want. Honestly, if they were, if they meant it to be serious, I kind of find that even funnier that they, Uh, they had like the office style camera pans. And like the zoom ins and everything. It's just, oh my God. It's, oh. It's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And then number five, although it was a comedy and was definitely decent, it definitely sits lower on our list being Umaru-chan. Yeah, I think this one ends up on the list for me because I just don't really remember it very much. This was probably my third time watching it through whenever we covered it on the podcast. And although it is funny, it's and it has quite a bit of pop culture. I can speak pop culture references. Mm. It it definitely doesn't stack up to a lot of the other things that we've watched 
But again, everything up to this point has still been decent. It's just kind of it sits closer to the bottom of the barrel for us, considering everything else we watched. Yeah, it's one of those things that I've only just registered what we're talking about. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, oh, OK, I have it in my brain now. I know I know which one that is. Um, it just yeah, it wasn't it wasn't super memorable to me. And I, it blended in to me with um, Dragon Maid. What was that one? Oh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Yeah, those two kind of blended in my brain. You see, I can't blend them, mainly because Kobayashi's art style is, I think, a lot more brilliant. Mm. But it definitely had the same kind of like wacky antics characters. The character, as far as like how the characters were done, are extremely similar. So I can kind of see it from that aspect. Yeah, it's just small thing being crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Small character being crazy, and it, yeah, they blended. Also, with um, I have this, I have the gif of uh, Tanaka Kun. The who is it that's hitting the table? Oh, uh, oh, what's her name? The really short one. Yeah, I have that gif playing in my head. Oh my god, I miss Tanaka Kun so much. Yeah, so good. I think that's the thing. That's what it comes down to. Is like when I see things like um, Umaru Chan. Um, or, or, yeah, I, there's just other things that I would recommend above them. It's not that they're bad. Mm-hmm. It's just they they wouldn't come to mind when somebody's like, hey, have you got a, a good, like, funny slice of life style comedy that you could recommend? That's not, it wouldn't be the first one that comes to mind. I feel like a lot of that, if Tonic Cocoon had a dub, I feel like it'd be easier to recommend it to kind of newer, more casual fans. Mm-hmm. But it's still brilliant. And if somebody ever asks what my favorite comedy anime is, that's going to go to it hands down. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just tough when you have a favorite that you're always comparing things to the favorite. Yeah, it definitely does make it harder. Mm-hmm. And then number four, Oromichi Onisan. Yeah. And again, I think this is kind of the same thing as Umaru-chan. It's just, it's good. It's just is what it is, you know? It has kind of, it's, couple of standout moments but that's kind of it the op and ed aren't of any note whatsoever they were definitely designed for the show itself also similar to umaru chan but it still kind of sits in that same vein but i didn't find it as funny so that's why it sits lower than umaru in its overall sitting yeah i thought i had a really really great concept i love the idea of a children's show host being shown from their adults perspective mm-hmm. i think that's a, a fantastic idea i just didn't find i didn't belly laugh throughout the entire show and i don't really remember any of the jokes i find this one more memorable actually than umaru chan but i don't remember it for being funny i remember it for its concept you know why it's more memorable why because we covered it sooner. That's also true. But also so true. while we're on the topic of things that have a brilliant concept, but fell fuck off outside. <laughs> but yeah, something that had a brilliant concept, but fell on its ass hard. Thanks to Cloverworks. We have Wonder Egg. Yeah. Just, just what the fuck Cloverworks? You let us down again. This is not going to be your last entry on this fucking list. Don't. <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. Just. Trust me on that. But oh my god, Wonder Egg had all the potential in the world to be a show stealer. Yeah, it it fantastic concept, like Brad said. Super interesting. The characters were good. I was enjoying it. It covered dark topics in a brilliant way that didn't degrade any of those topics with mental health or suicide or anything like that in any bad light. It handled yeah. everything beautifully. Mm-hmm. And then it fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it covered some really progressive ideas as well, especially for um, Japan as well, where a lot of stuff isn't, isn't as talked about as it is over here in, in North America and in Europe. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was a lot of, a lot of modern ideals in the show. And for that, mm-hmm. I am really appreciative of it. But it just fell on its ass. Mm. It definitely took a direction of, oh, hey, let's take this idea and hit rewind at the very end and kind of speed things up. And then it just decides to throw us into the furnace with that last episode. Also, two fucking recap episodes in a season. Why? Why is that a thing? Why? Why have you done that? 
Yeah, it's one of those things where I think I've kind of filtered out the bad stuff from my brain because I enjoyed the concept so much. And so I'm thinking about it, and the more I'm thinking about it, the more stuff I'm remembering. And I'm like, oh, that was bad. That was bad too. That was bad too. But it's but my brain is going, no, but it was such a good idea because it was so progressive. And then it's like, no, I mean, actually, it wasn't the, well executed. The show was brilliant up until yeah. we had a recap episode for episode seven. Yeah, I, I do episode, not understand Actually, why. 13 episode anime, but episode seven was a recap episode. Episode 13 was a recap episode yeah. with a little bit of new stuff at the very end. Yeah. That just left it more confusing than the rest. Yeah. Just, that to me kind of felt insulting. I would have rather that they had just said, oh, we can't post an episode this week because of whatever reason. And and then had like a week off. And like, I think most anime viewers, at least that I know, would be more accepting of a studio saying something happened, somebody got sick or I like, you know, we didn't have the support that we needed this week. We can't get an episode out. We don't want to bullshit you with a recap episode or a poorly made episode. So we're going to take this week off. We'll release the episode next week, especially with the pandemic. I feel like there's a lot more leeway to do that now than there may have been before 2018. Um, I, I just, yeah, I feel like from now on, I would like to see studios being more open with their audience about shit not being made at the time that it's supposed to be made. We're human. We know that sometimes things happen and you can't get it out when it's supposed to be out. I find it more insulting to to kind of masquerade it. Like, could you imagine how how disappointed you would be if you were watching this week to week and then all of a sudden you get to episode seven and it's a recap? I feel like it's a little bit different from the TV perspective versus the streaming platform services. Yeah. Because on TV, it's kind of a well-known fact that television time is extremely important and extremely mm. expensive. Yeah. And especially in the anime market. In Japan. Yeah. So if you have prime time TV slots, that's costing you money to not put something out. So in Japan, sure, it makes yeah. sense to put a recap episode out if you're not going to have what you're doing finished in time. But on streaming services, don't sit, put out a tweet saying, hey, there's not going to be an episode this week due to delays. That's fine. People understand mm -hmm. people aren't going to get upset. What people will get upset over is posting a fucking recap episode in the middle of the season. On a streaming service. That is mm -hmm. garbage. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% uh, agree with that. TV time is, is is a different story. Streaming services, I don't think there's an excuse. No, absolutely not. And again, that's just our two cents. If you disagree, I mean, we're more than happy to debate about it in the comments. That's just kind of it. Because it is definitely something that I feel like can be discussed. And I'm sure people have a lot of, you know, thoughts on it. So if you do disagree or even agree, just let us know because we're genuinely curious what you think on stuff like that. Well, it makes me wonder how many studios have like a, a backup episode or so, you know, like those like chibi episodes where they're just kind of doing their own shit and having shenanigans. I feel like it would be smart. I don't know how cost effective that would be, but in theory, it would be smart for every studio when releasing an anime, especially if they're releasing it on TV, to have one of those kind of in, on the back burner, like already made, um, the, or like that they make through like weeks one through three, whenever they have some spare time, they just put together this little chibi episode. And then if there are any delays, they can then release it during whatever time as like an OVA, or if there are not any delays and everything goes smooth sailing, they then have a bonus episode to release at the end or after a couple of weeks after the end, you know, like just for funsies to kind of keep the fan base um, to try and like to kind of keep the, the fan base to like interested in the show. I don't know. I feel like that kind of level of, of a backup plan would be worth it to me to have that level of insurance. But I don't know how in reality that would actually work and I'm also curious about contracts as well because of like with online releases with streaming releases are they contractually obligated to release an episode every week and if so does that mean that like tv they have to put out uh, a recap episode if they don't have anything to put out I feel like with streaming services it's a little bit different because obviously things are going to get delayed I know Funimation 
has their issues with getting stuff dubbed in mm. time. And I get it. We're in unprecedented times right now. So if it's going to be a delay and it's going to affect the overall quality of the product. Then yeah, just delay it and people yeah. will get over it. That's just kind of common sense whenever it comes to stuff like that. But I think it just is all going to kind of depend on the studio that's doing it and the relationship and licenses that they have with those streaming services. Now I do know that doing something like a TV episode would be extremely expensive or not mm. extremely expensive. I'm assuming judging off of what kind of research I've done into episodes and kind of an idea of how much they cost. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'd have to get a budget of like an extra 5 million yen or like 50 grand to do an episode like that, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think it would just kind of depend really on if they, I think it would be smart for studios to kind of budget for something like that, just as kind of a off chance. But again, with the market being like it is, I don't know how feasible that would be either. It's the kind of thing that I would like to see being done by bigger studios with uh, long running shows and more like more uh, flexibility. Mm. Um, and then because if, if bigger studios start to to do that kind of thing, then it will kind of become standard in the industry. So then that will be then budgeted in to the production of a show for like smaller ones. So it's something that I'd like to see like in, in 10 years time or whatever. I don't know, however long that takes. I know it takes a lot longer for an idea to go from paper to actual practice, but however long it takes, I would be interested in seeing that become standard practice for studios to budget a backup episode. I feel like it's a lot easier to do something like that with a longer running series as well, where yeah. something that has 12 episodes, typically you shouldn't need that unless, you know, you royally fuck something up at some point along yeah. the line. I just or, feel like you know, a pandemic the, happens. Exactly. I feel like because of the pandemic, everyone is starting to look for insurance. And um, that would be one way to provide insurance for animation studios. But it's just a thought. Mm. Maybe it's a dumb one. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, anything's possible. Anything can kind of happen. Yeah. And that takes us to the second worst anime that we have covered. This one is one that we have spoken about on many occasions, and it is also one that would have benefited well from a backup episode so they could have worked their shit out. And that is Tamayomi. <sighs> it had so much promise. And it also had great, you know, it had great animation. Like it did a good job. Until it came for movement. Like the still yeah. frames and those kind of shots, those were great. They were wonderful. I enjoyed it. The story was great. They did good. But the CGI for the movement. Oh my god. And it's, I think the, it's so bad. It's so bad. It Why? And the biggest thing about it that I find frustrating. I mean, first of all, I really enjoyed the fact that it was an all-girls. Um, sports anime, they are rarer to find, they are harder to find. Most sports anime are featuring male protagonists, so it was nice to see a female-based one, especially in more of a male-dominated sport. Good to see, enjoyed that. Did not enjoy the CGI, because I also found it unnecessary, considering the amount of baseball or sports animes that we have covered, that, that we have covered and both seen on our own time, that don't use the CGI, that get the point across just fine. I feel like we could have done without the body shots. Like, you could have zoomed in and out of, like, the facial frames on pitches and throwing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then just showed the ball going. Like, Big Windup was brilliant in their execution of body movements and stuff like that. But for some reason, this one just did not execute at all. And for that, it just takes our number two spot. On top of that, the OP and ED are not memorable at all. I cannot remember fuck all about mm -hmm. the show, other than it was a brilliant premise, and it just kind of fell flat. But they hit all the baseball stuff beautifully. Like, all of the the way they went into strategy and figuring things out, they did a brilliant job with. It's just, yeah. I cannot forgive that animation at all. Like, there is no excuse for that whatsoever at least in my brain yeah and this show also has our highest drop rate ever um with a 25.59 percent drop rate yeah not gonna lie if i wasn't watching it for the podcast i would have dropped it too mm -hmm. now speaking of shit i wish i could have dropped and <laughs> something that i wish that i didn't want 
to drop. Fucking our, the worst thing we have covered all year, something that had the absolute most amount of hype going into it due to a flawless first season. Cloverworks, you fucked up. The Promised Neverland season two. Yes, this is, I think, the biggest fan disappointment in the past several years of anime. I can't remember a time when there was as big a fan disappointment as The Promised Neverland season two. Whenever you take a show that has an absolutely brilliant premise and you start off strong with the first three episodes of world building and building the outside world and introducing these two demons that are good and seeing all the kids kind of learn to grow and survive in the outside world. And then you take 144 chapters of manga and cram it into six episodes and Literally, you know how on DVDs you can hit fast forward like three extra times and it's kind of like super fast forward? Mm-hmm. That's what those last six episodes felt like. Not to mention, they then just did a slideshow for the rest of the story. Yep. It's like, oh, hey, so listen, here's all the things you could have gotten, but you're not going to get it. It's... Uh, it was just I the biggest it. disappointment. I, yeah. I've never watched something that is just completely pissed me off in such a way like it's just it's unreal i i just look back on it with just utter disappointment in a show that i could not have been more excited for yeah and it it literally set the anime world on fire like people had torches and pitchforks so i'm glad this list is over i i i hated covering those last few (sighs) <sighs> yeah exactly and i think that there would have been a riot for the progress if we hadn't put promise neverland season two as the worst so uh yeah it's it's just so it was just so upsetting i think for everyone yeah we we know some people personally that are going to be very happy to see that on the very bottom of the list yes yeah but that takes us to the end of our top worst list <laughs> the top 10 worst animes of the year and now we are going to be doing the opposite of that nice happy fun times get your smiles on these are our favorites if we have covered something and it is not in the best but it is your favorite let us know down in the comments or um in the dms or wherever you can interact with us or wherever you choose to interact with us we're obsessed with finding out what you guys like and what you don't like because it helps us figure out what we're supposed to cover in the future and also gives us some good interaction. We like talking to you guys. We like getting to know you guys. And uh, yeah, if, if if we didn't put your favorite in the best list, let us know why we were wrong. We want to know. It helps us grow. Like we have said many times before, we are just two idiots with zero qualifications that like anime. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now, not going to lie. We got real cheeky with this best list as well. As we go through things, keep in mind the stuff that we are covering, we kind of lump together. Like Konosuba, (laughs) we lumped the both the film and the first season together, and we'll we'll talk about the other stuff as we get into it without getting into the spoilers of our list. However, Konosuba coming in at number 10, it's just a laugh. It's fun. It's stupid. You cannot take it seriously. If you take it seriously, you're going to have a bad time. But if you go into it just looking for a laugh of just brilliant isekai fun, Konosuba is it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Konosuba is also incredibly memorable. I hear that name and I know exactly who you're talking about. I remember the characters. I see gifs of uh, Konosuba online all the time. I see memes, very commonly memed anime. And I think it, it, it's for good reason. I think it, it's worth the hype. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then going into number nine, a show that had a lot of hype and delivered on all of the hype for what it is, Mob Psycho 100. Yeah, and this is one that we've only very recently covered, but I still feel like it would have stuck in my brain if we had covered it nine months ago or however long. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I enjoyed this one. It, it, I don't know, it, it gave a whole, it gave a new element to a very, like, common story. Mm -hmm. It, just shows you what a story can kind of grow and build to the Mm. animation style of the show kind of leads you to have different opinions going into it. And then Mm. it just kicks off and it's just brilliant. It's it's such a good time. And the OP is absolutely suited for it. It's, it's just, 
it's a good time. Yeah, and I find that the individual little arcs throughout the show are also very well done and very well spaced. Yeah, everything in the show is very well paced. It does a good job with keeping you interested and invested in the characters, and it's bingeable. Yeah, very bingeable. Which takes us to number eight, which is one of my personal favorites, and I've spoken about it a whole lot. That's Dr. Stone. And with Dr. Stone's second season having come and gone, and season three coming probably towards the end of next year, it's Dr. Stone's season two was a good continuation of the story. It was not as quote unquote perfect as its first season, but it is still extremely memorable. It was, it lived up to all expectations. The world continuation and building was excellent. And just seeing how the story progressed and kind of leading up to where it's going to go. It's awesome to see. Also, OP yeah. and ED were fantastic. Yeah, I very much agree with that. I feel like the second season, the first season is absolutely my favorite. Very much enjoyed that the most. But the second season absolutely did its job of getting me hyped for the third season. And so... I, I still feel like it was very consistent. I uh, The first season uh, is like an 11 out of 10, and the second season is like a 10 out of 10. And so there is a very slight disappointment in there, but you can't be too mad about it because it's still so freaking good. So I recommend both of them. I recommend watching the show. If you have a bit of a technical brain, absolutely watch the shit out of this. If you don't have a technical brain, I still think you're going to get a huge level of enjoyment out of it and maybe even learn something that you didn't know. Because it's just entertaining, even though it has this element of science running all the way through. I have learned things from Dr. Stone that I actually, like, have retained in my brain. Mm -hmm. Which takes us to our personal favorite, I think, for both Brad and I, because of it, our emotional connection to this show. And the fact that it started this whole podcast, and I can't believe we didn't cover it on our first year, but we had to cover it this year. And that is Chihaya Furu. Oh, I fucking love this show, man. So good. It's so good. This whole friendship, this whole podcast was forged out of a show about a card game that's not Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and it's a card game that I have since become obsessed with and genuinely want to see being played when I go to Japan. I want to collect the cards. Yeah. I will never be able to use them because my brain's ability to absorb Japanese is absolute <laughs> shit. Yeah, but I want I wanna to own the cards. Like I want to put them on my shelf. Like it's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to get to know the poetry and more of the history behind the games that are being played. The characters are fantastic. We have a wonderful trio here. Uh and then a, a five a pen a pen to, <laughs> I don't know. What's a group of five people called? A quintet. Is it Quinn, not Pen? No, it's Quinn. I think Pen is interesting six. because there is a romance anime that I think I or actually it's a harem anime that I recommend or that I think I've scheduled for next year. But the quintessential oh. quintuplets, oh, which if you haven't checked out, it's a really good harem anime. I'm just, I'm just saying it's great. It's brilliant. It's got quintuplets. It's a fun time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, but yeah, Chihiro Furu, fantastic a personal relationship that we have with the show and it holds up. It's a very, very sweet show that gets you hyped for a thing that you probably didn't even know existed if you are in North America. And, um, and, and it is very motivating as well. I feel like it's the kind of show that after you watch, you want to go and do shit. And it's like the only romance anime that blues actually invested in. So 10 out of 10. Great job. Yeah. I was going to say, you got me hooked in a romance anime. What have you done? Uh, and that, that was you. Actually, you recommended that to me. I know, I did. You're like, hey, have you watched this? Because I'm watching it. And I'm like, I'll check it out. And then we both finished it around the same time. And we're like, fuck yeah. So good. 100%. Yeah. And then I think, uh, yeah, moving on to something that a lot of people have their own personal relationships with. Although we had our personal relationship with Chihai Furu. I think this is a lot of one that a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for. So number six is Howl's Moving Castle and mm. is to this day at the very top of a lot of people's favorite animes to watch and especially their favorite Studio Ghibli film. Mm. It is relatively newer to the podcast, is very new to Blue, who has not seen a lot of Studio Ghibli things. But 
and it's also the only Ghibli thing that we cover this year, but it, for what it is, what it stands for, and overall just the film itself, it definitely deserves to take a place in our top spots. Yeah, 100%. This this show, this movie was uh, very captivating to me. Uh, I love all Ghibli films, and this was no exception. Fantastically, beautifully animated. Um, I loved the voice acting of Sophie. I watched the, the Japanese um, version. I watched it subbed. And I, I found that her voice acting was phenomenal. And I uh, I very much enjoyed the film. I, it's another one of those romances that I thought was really well done. And it didn't feel like it was sickly sweet or being shoved down my throat. It was just kind of a background romance to a really fantastical, magical story. And that's the kind of romance that I tend to enjoy more than anything. Things that are straight romance, I find to be a bit too much for my uh, rock brain. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. So yeah, uh, this was one that I enjoyed. Now, speaking of relationships, but not in the romance sense, but in a relationship with the outdoors, you have Blue's personal favorite anime mm. of the year, Laid Back Camp, both seasons, because we covered both seasons in the same year. We did. And oh my God, this is the most relaxing happy squishy show you could possibly watch oh 100 it's you can turn on an episode at any point and just have a blast if you love the outdoors it is for you the ops and eds are excellent the art style is wonderful the backgrounds are absolutely brilliant it is ah, such a fantastic time and i loved every minute of watching it. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like this is a fantastic show for those people who maybe don't have the best relationship with the outdoors as well. Like if you live in a city and you don't have the ability to go out and go camping all of the time, this show can kind of give you, it can like scratch that itch of like wanting to get out into nature. And it can also teach you how to to kind of explore your own local environment in in a way i feel like it, it kind of gives you that oomph to go out and go to a park or have a picnic or some shit and it's so cute and i love it and um i i would absolutely recommend this to anybody whether you like you know slice of lifestyle animes or not i feel like this is a good one to watch to just decompress from a stressful day so with it being winter right now, more specifically mm. for us, we're recording it on the day that it goes up. I'm going to be super stressed trying to get this edited on time, yeah. <sighs> but it's with it being winter and the day after Christmas, turn your heat on, make yourself a cup of hot chocolate, snuggle up and turn on laid back camp. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is minus 27 degrees where I am right now here in in Canada, minus 27 degrees Celsius. It is very cold. Uh, I can assure you I'm going to go make a hot water bottle. I'm going to go wrap myself in like three blankets and go cuddle the dog. That's what I'm going to do when I'm done recording. Yeah, look at that. Go do that. Yeah. Now, speaking um, of things that we're going to do after we get done with recording this episode, it's become a new tradition inside my friend group to watch the newest episode of Demon Slayer on mm -hmm. the day that it drops. And coming in at number four is Demon Slayer, more specifically the Mugen Train arc. We have lumped together both the film and the seven episode insert of season two. Mm -hmm. And just because it's relatively similar, but I felt like it's kind of you can't take away from what the film itself accomplished in the world, becoming the highest grossing anime film of all time and the highest grossing film of 2020 period. Yeah. And also what the show brought to the table in new animation and clips and continuing on. Rengoku's story. Yeah, I feel like this. Uh, you can't knock Demon Slayer's achievements. It's uh, it's done so phenomenally well. The Mugen Train series gave us more background information. The Mugen Train movie established the entire situation. The combination of the two is definitely how I think that you should watch it at home if you've only seen one or the other. 
If you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend watching the first season of the Mugen Train, the first season, the first episode of the Mugen Train arc. And if you've only watched the series, I recommend just chucking on the movie and, and giving it a watch because it does feel more like a movie to me. Even throughout the series, I still felt like it was just a cut up movie. So I feel like watch the movie because you'll get a real good flow going through that um, as well. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you can't knock it. It's fantastic. Really well animated. Fantastic characters. Made me cry. Yeah. Now, speaking of fantastically animated, make you want to cry is absolutely brilliant. Coming in at number three, Q seasons one through three, because we covered all three seasons yes. this year. Yeah, we did. And I know season four has some animation issues, which is another reason. Well, we haven't covered it, so we can't talk about it. But that just bear in mind season four is not affecting this at all which is why it is number three and why we can say that the animation is spectacular it's why i can say it's got some of my favorite characters in anime in general i have the two main characters on my wall of my streaming setup still even though i don't stream anymore they're still on the wall and um uh, and i don't know they're like one of the first pieces of anime merchandise i ever bought mm. It, the show is wonderful. It will get you invested in a sport and in a genre in general. If you're not interested in sports anime, Haikyuu will change that entire world for yes, you. It's it brilliant. Will. It's amazing. I loved every minute of it. The third season is one whole volleyball match. Yeah. And I can sit here and say without a shadow of a doubt, I was on the edge of my seat for all 10 episodes. Yeah, I remember telling Brad the third season's one match and him going, no, I'm not going to like that. That's going to be horrible. What do you well, mean? I was like, the that's bullshit. Season? How could you drag one volleyball match out yeah. into an entire season? It, it was yeah. a shorter season. It was only 10 episodes. I'll give it that. But at the same time, they did that just beautifully. And I will recommend Haikyuu to anyone and everyone going forward because it just does it defines an entire genre of anime yeah. for me yeah it, it's so stinking good watch it if you don't if you haven't already give it a watch it's so 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 good uh, i can't wait to hear brad's opinions on season four um i haven't seen it in a long time so i'd like to give it another watch myself and we're definitely going to be covering more haikyuu on the podcast so look forward to that number two we have Number two and my personal choice for anime of the year, but yeah. I can't knock the accomplishments of number one, but coming mm -hmm. in at number two, my favorite thing that I have watched up to this date, at least throughout this year yeah. and something that has taken a massive toll on my anime life and given me something to root for ReZero. Yes. Yeah. ReZero is one of those ones that we have talked about Till you're probably blue in the face. We have covered this so much here on the podcast, just little updates. Um, it's always in our news segment whenever anything new comes out about it. You like we are the first, we're not the first to talk about it, but we always talk about it on the podcast, is what I meant to say. Um, and uh and yeah, you'll always hear stuff about ReZero for us because I don't know, that's just like it's just one of those ones that just stuck with us. So ReZero overlord and that time i got reincarnated as a slime if you ask most people what their top three isekai anime are or what kind of defines that genre those three will all take a place in everyone's favorites and there is a reason why mm -hmm. they are all completely different takes on the main character getting transported to another world with overlord and reincarnated as a slime being your stereotypical you know overpowered protagonists getting brought to another world and then in the case of re-zero it shatters that mold completely yeah. subaru gets absolutely torn like he has his mental and physical state absolutely destroyed on multiple times we literally watch this man go insane pick himself back up and just continue moving on it gets you invested in characters that you wouldn't think that you would get invested in it gets you invested in a love story that at first you're just kind of like meh like i don't i don't necessarily get it and it just 
it has made me feel more things than your line April has and has brought me to tears so many times. And for that reason, it definitely takes my top spot for what we have watched. But ultimately, it kind of pales in comparison to the accomplishments and just overall effectiveness of what a show is and what our number one spot is. Yeah, so taking our number one spot is uh, probably not a surprise to you guys. It is taken the world by storm. It is in every merchandise shop you could possibly go into. And uh, for good reason, we have Jujutsu Kaisen for number one. (laughs) I mean, it deserves it. The animation is brilliant the op and eds are fantastic its storytelling is captivating and it is the epitome of what a shonen is also it has the man that pretty much the entire anime fandom is just calling daddy yes yeah fantastic character design very distinct personalities of characters we have gotten some fantastic voice acting such an interesting plot line that just hooks you from the get-go this is a anime that I am stoked to see continue on. I want to see more and more and more and more and more. I uh, have I have really, really high hopes for this series. I do as well. I'm looking forward to seeing where everything goes. I'm excited for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. So mm-hmm. it officially released in Japan yesterday, and it has already, in its opening day, It sold, I think, 750,000 tickets. So it's performing extremely well. It's not on Mugen Train's level, because I think Mugen Train did over a million on its opening day. But still, to pull that kind of numbers in the middle of a resurging pandemic and pull those kind of numbers on Christmas, it's it's brilliant. So, And it's not exactly a date night kind of movie. Okay, now that that's passed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's... Oh, it's fantastic. I cannot fault Jujutsu Kaisen in any way. And I I know how the series is going to kind of move forward. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be sad. It's going to be a great time. And I'm, oh, it's going to be great. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I am. I am super, super stoked. So that takes us to the end of our best and worst lists. What did you think of our lists? What did you think of the things that we have covered this year? Let us know in whichever way you prefer to reach out to us, either on Instagram, Twitter, or down in the YouTube comments. If you're on YouTube, remember you are hearing this one week after we have posted it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your other classic listening platforms. So if you want to hear us one week early, you can head on over to those and give us a listen on there and drop us a follow while you're there. If you prefer to be to be on YouTube, give us a like, hit that subscribe button and put your opinions down in the comments. Next week is super exciting. We have our own version of the Anime Awards. We have taken some inspiration from Crunchyroll's list and switched it up a little bit, added our own. We have uh, ranked uh, a whole bunch of stuff we went through and had like a an hour-long discussion on what we were going to put for everything. So we have a couple different categories, like best boy, best girl. We have best comedy, best soundtrack. We have best romantic couple. We have best duo, best trio, best team, best fantasy, all of that fun stuff and more coming next week. So make sure you tune in and give us a listen then. Yeah. If you want to find us on Instagram and Twitter, we are at BNB Anime. You can also find blue on instagram and twitter at blue lavender stm i am not on twitter but i am on instagram at brad carter gaming we also have a website where you can find literally all of our info our entire backlog of episodes info on us info on future projects that we're working on links to our imdb pages friends of the podcast all that other fun stuff at www.bnbanimate.com. For right now, you have to put the www. We are going to be fixing that after the first of the year. Actually, we talked to our website guy, and that's going to be getting fixed and have some stuff added to it, like our like top-rated, bottom-rated, drop rates, all that kind of fun stuff coming in the near future. So you can look forward to that. Yes, yeah, and I think I, I'm not sure I did say it, but YouTube, we are also BNB Anime. So yeah, uh, that's us. 
thanks for listening and i hope that you had a wonderful christmas let us know how your christmas was um we we want to hear about it we want to know and i know that like a lot of people don't necessarily celebrate with their families they celebrate with uh going on dates and stuff like that so let us know what you did for christmas also be safe the pandemic is is getting worse with this new variant make sure you are signing up for your boosters as soon as you can get them or getting your initial vaccines if you haven't yet got them yourself keep wearing your masks washing your hands and social distancing and stay safe and with this being our last episode of the year, I know I kind of got a little reminiscent nostalgic last week. But again, thank each and every one of y'all for a brilliant year. And Blue, thank you for a oh. brilliant year. It has genuinely been one of the best years of the podcast and also one of the best years of my life, continuing to be able oh. to work on this. And just brilliant stuff to come. 2022 is going to be a massive year for both of us for the podcast and other projects that we're working on and with it also being the last episode of the year happy new year everybody yes yeah happy new year i hope uh that you have a wonderful celebration and thank you from me as well for listening to the podcast thank you brad for being my wonderful co-host and for editing a shit ton of these episodes i really appreciate it i know that i've been crazy right now with school and uh, i hopefully will be far more consistent next um yeah, I know that we will be. We're kind of getting our, our shit together now, and that's great. Uh, congratulations on the girlfriend as well. Love to um, hear about that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, she is yeah. wonderful, and she kind of keeps me straight, I guess. I don't know. There, There's no actual doing that. I well, lied. she would be Sorry. a boy if she kept you gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> that that's it from us so thank you all so much for listening blue and i greatly appreciate it next week and our first episode of 2022 is going to be our anime awards but until then we'll catch y'all next time Bye-bye. bye bye